Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Tonight, Panorama focuses on the terrorist gangs who follow one small second division club, Millwall, in London's Dockland. And that has involved, including in our film, language you don't usually hear on television. Ladies and gentlemen, broadcasting from beautiful South Bermondsey, this is Achtung Millwall. Good afternoon, listeners. Bienvenue. Welcome to Common. Welcome to Planet Earth. We've been out there orbiting Alpha Centauri deep into stellar space. We come flying into Earth like they're doing the telly. You've landed right in Peterborough, right at London Lodge Stadium, and you've descended to Earth right in the middle of the Millwall end. The Millwall side. Millwall versus Peterborough, League Division 1. 1600 Millwall fans, you've landed from interstellar space. Welcome. These are my people. Bizarrely, there's a bunny on the pitch. There's at least a bunny out on the pitch. What's that all about? We don't know. This is the land of the six fingers, listeners. Genetically modified humanity living in Peterborough. There's a strange bunny. It's all on some major league acid trip. Stalking the pitch at the moment. With a carrot. The bright orange carrot. Peter Bunny. Peter Bunny. It's Peter Bunny. For August, listeners, we're there to Super September for the Lions. Play five, one, three, drawn one, lost the one solitary game against Southend the other week at home. Uh, scored ten, conceded six points, ten. Fantastic September for Millwall. We seem to be turning it around. Beautiful performance last week against Rochdale. Can we continue here today at the uh, the ABAC, ABAC Stadium? The ABAC Stadium, formerly known in the old days as London Road Peterborough. Race Mill 2, Jordan Archie in goal. Backline is Carlos Edwards, Byron Webster, Mark Beavers, Tony Craig. Across the middle we've got Fred. Jimmy Abdul, Sean Williams, and Ed Upson on the right hand side. Oh no, on the left hand side, excuse me. Up front, Aidan O'Brien and Steve Morrison. On the bench, the artist formerly known as David Ford, Lee Martin, uh, Shane Fergus on the bench today, not starting. Uh, ben Thompson, Joe Martin. Johnny Marquis and Lee Gregory. 1,600 fans have made a journey up for this month, this afternoon, listeners. And you can hear what fine voice they're in. What fine voice? What fine collection of chaps and chapesses too, they are. Perhaps one or two may still be accessing the ground, having been in the pub. No beer on sale inside this ground. 
it seems to be some kind of dry state, a bit like Utah, the Mormonism of local of the local lands. No, no beer inside the stadium, listeners. Now then, just before the end of today's game, we're going to find two tonight up at Wigan. And as ever with these northern away trips, we have our northern correspondent, Mr. John Shipman. And uh, I took the chance to talk to him the other night about a line's performance up there in that two-all draw. So just going to take a quick cut out now, go to John Shipman, and then we'll be rejoining today's action as soon as we're done with John. Achtung, Mehlball. All right, a big welcome back to Achtung Mill for our northern correspondent, John Shipman. Welcome back to the show, John. Greetings from the Northern Powerhouse, Nick. The Northern Powerhouse, indeed. <laughs> First one of the season where we've got you on the show, so it's good to have you back, mate. And you saw quite an entertaining game by the looks of things, but maybe you'll tell me differently. Tuesday night, Wigan 2, Millwall 2. No, I think you got it, I think you got it right there, Nick. It was a, an entertaining game. Um, and I come away, despite having seen us concede in the last minute, and come away and quite enjoyed myself. So uh, it's got to be a positive, isn't it, given that... You know, for the last couple of years, it's uh, it's not it, been like that. No, so, uh, I mean, I followed it on t- on Twitter in the modern the modern way. It's in the kind of new version of CFAX, isn't it? And um, the impression I got was of, of a game that was maybe end to end in the old, you know, as they might have termed it in the old days. Um, we've made a couple of changes going into it. Gregory in for uh, Morrison, and Fred dropped to the bench for Upson. But it sounds like we've produced still a good performance overall. Yeah, I mean, the, f- the first first half, well, certainly the first half an hour, Wigan had an awful lot of possession. Yeah. Um, and they were spreading it quite wide. I think, you know, I'm no tactical genius, but I think they were playing five across the middle, um, yeah. trying to stretch us out a bit. But we clearly had a game plan and we clearly stuck to it. We defended quite deep and quite narrow. So, you know, it was all very well getting out to the wings, but then they still had to penetrate through the middle. So they got a lot of corners in that first 20 minutes, but I don't really remember them having many chances. Right. I think it's a feature of the way that Harris plays that actually the best couple of chances in the arse came to us. It was um, a Gregory shot and an um, Aidan O'Brien header. Right, OK. So for all that possession, we were able to soak it up and then hit them, if not quite on the counter-attack, but hit them with the chances that we had. So maybe that's you know part of why we're doing quite so well away from home this season. It was a similar thing at Crewe, actually. I mean, we set up similar last last Saturday when we beat Rochdale three one. In, in, in a way, it was it was away tactics at home. I mean, I, I felt we, especially in the early part of the second half, we absorbed a huge amount of pressure, similar to what you're describing up there at Wigan. Um, and it seems to be working. Form was turned around from that you know rocky start to the season. And despite the team changes, I mean, uh, Gregory, I, I, I was going to um, press you on because um, I'm interested to know how he performed. But despite the team changes, we seem to produce the same level of performance, which is interesting in itself. Yeah, um, and I, I've got a few positives coming out of the game. But just to just to address your, your Gregory point first, um, it's not happening for him, is it? Um, don't seem to be, John. That's why I was interested in how he did up there, you know. No, he's had a few chances now. The chances in terms of opportunities in the side. Yeah. Um, good long run last season. Yeah. Uh, the game uh, the game Tuesday night. And uh, I don't know, he's a striker, so if he gets a chance and he scores, he's had a good game. If he doesn't get a chance, it appears that he's had a bad one. But yeah. I'm not sure. I'm not convinced it's, it's working. Um, but at the same time... He really does polarise opinion now, doesn't he? He's, um, I think there's a, a section of support that are past the idea that he's a, a young, promising player. Um, well, he's not young, that's for sure. Did no, I, did I read his... Money as well, it's so cost us a quarter of a million. 
Yeah, and, and he's mid mid twenties. I don't know if he. I, I thought I read twenty five or twenty seven. I can't remember which one it was, but you, you you kind. He's at the point where he's either got to deliver, especially in League One, John. I mean, this is this is. Um, you know, okay, the championship was one thing, and and um, you know, the defence is there. You'd expect to be at a higher level, but in in League One, this ought to be his stage. If it's not his stage, then he's he's looking downwards quite rapidly, isn't he? And I think the key thing is he's used to um, certainly in the non-league. I would imagine he was playing on a regular basis, um, pretty much undroppable. I'd imagine for Halifax. Yeah. Um, now uh, he's got to accept, I suppose, that he's third choice to um, O'Brien and Morrison. Um, and he needs to cut if he comes in for a game like Wigan, where he hasn't, you know, hasn't played for a couple. He needs to be seizing that opportunity and you know forcing his way into the side rather than being a guaranteed pick. So yeah, a bit of a change for him, um, and we'll just see how it develops. But at the minute, it's just just not quite happening. It's not quite clicking. Um, we've got a goal down on Tuesday night. After it sounds like we've we've soaked up a bit of pressure, but then we've got a goal behind. Yeah, it wasn't against the run of play, but um, it wasn't something they created. Um, Sean Williams, who I thought had a good game, mm. and has had a good game the last few, actually. It's, it's good to see him. Yes, he has. Yeah, yes. Um, so I won't knock him too much, but he gave the ball away in a, a dangerous area, yeah. um, somewhat needlessly. We were, <laughs> as I would say at the den, we were fanning about with it too much. Get rid of the thing. Um, yeah, yeah. But, uh, we didn't get rid of the thing, and sure enough, it broke the wig and they. You know, scored a very neat and tidy goal. Um, all of a sudden, we're one nil down. But one of the positives, Eds didn't drop. Um, yeah. They were they were you know willing to roll their sleeves up and, and get back into the game. Um, albeit it took until the substitutions. Harris made a double substitution, and uh, that changed things around somewhat with uh, Fred and Morrison coming on. So um, it's good to see that the Eds didn't drop. And it was one of the most pleasing, well, not one of the most pleasing aspects, I'm going to sound a right bore, but one of the positive aspects <laughs> was um, when the subs come on, um, Nick, it was everybody knew what they were doing. They, yeah, it's refreshing. They knew where they needed to be. <laughs> Do you know what it was like, Nick? It was almost, it was almost <laughs> as if they've practised it. As opposed to the chaos that usually shoot on the way through a lot, and they were passing notes to each other and looking at each other in a bemused manner. Um, they all seem to know what they're doing, and that I, really, I was really pleased with that, oddly. Um, Is that secret weapon practising what you're doing and having a plan, yeah. working to some it? structure? Who would have thought that? Who would have thought it? Secret, it was that simple after all these years. I, I'm, I'm um, not, not sure if it's a sense of relief or whether there is a promise in the side or what it is, but I, mean, I know what you mean. It is just refreshing to to have a manager in charge that at least has a plan and and, <laughs> and the team are aware of his tactics and what, what's expected of them because it is, it is a step forward from what we've had in recent times. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> um, and so the equaliser followed shortly after the, the substitutions. Um, balling from, I think it was Carlos Edwards, I might be I might be mistaken there, but um, Jimmy done well. We battled away in the centre of... Uh, Penalty area again, Jimmy in the in yeah, the yeah, yeah, transformed, um, transformed player. Yeah, he's he's looking like, he's looking like a five goal a season midfielder. Now, so, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's happened now. Um, but he worked very hard and he broke the thread who slotted it away. Um, and again, another really pleasing positive aspect after all this time was the players were right on top of each other and come right in front of the support to celebrate. Yeah, um, it wasn't a sheepish. You know, no, 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 sorry. Yeah. And a trot back to the halfway line. It was, you know, a big, powerful celebration in front of the support, grabbed the ball, 
go again, try and get the second. And sure enough, um, the second came. And again, a real battling display from uh, Beavers yeah. uh, the other night. I'd certainly be close to my man at a match. Um, and he, he must have won the ball three times in the area to get that to get that uh, that second goal. So very well done to him. Um, great to see. Uh, and Harris has said this at the start of the season. He thinks that Beavers should be getting more goals. And you can see why when he when he does that, to win the ball three times in the area and and convert was was very impressive and good to see. Fantastic. So two from one nil down to two one up away from home at Wigan, a difficult place to go to as they as they say. And then unfortunately, um, we we just let it slip in the last dying seconds of the game. It sounds like. Yeah, I mean there was six minutes added on. I think we conceded in the first of them. So yeah. um, for the remaining five, we, were, we seemed happy to see it out and get the draw. So, um, but again, it was a defensive balls up. Um, the cross came in, which should probably have been cut out of the source. Um, there's a few players around it, but um, it was left to Archer to come and claim it. Um, again, he's been very good this season to me, Jordan, Ar- Jordan Archer, in my yeah. opinion. So I don't want to knock him too much, but he came for a cross he didn't get. Um, and sure enough, it, it broke the You got punished. And, yeah. And, yeah, smashed it home. So um, the two goals for Wigan came from two mistakes on our on our part. But, you know, for Archer, certainly, he's going to make mistakes like that. He's a relatively new keeper of first team football, certainly at the den. He's probably not got more than 30 appearances under his belt throughout his career, so he's going to make these mistakes, and if he's going to make them in what's hopefully not going to be a, a costly season in terms of threatening the bottom of the league, yeah. um, I'd rather he does that and, and comes back Learns to his trade. season yeah. for it. I mean, we're very much a work in progress, John. I think, I think that, you know, the, the, the sloppy goals are a sign of a team that's still trying to feel its way through the season, we we do look a different proposition going forwards, especially away from home. There's there's a sense that there's a spirit in this side. And I, I I picked this up last week against Rochdale, and from what you described, I mean, I saw some of the YouTube clips people posted on the, the uh, players celebrating in front of the fans, and it does seem to be that the beginnings of that bond again between the fans and the players that we're all in this together, and that's just fantastic to see after the chaos, isn't it? It's the the away games in particular I've been to over the last couple of years. Nick, it's it's been quite the opposite of that, and players have been very unpopular. Yeah. Um, Ricardo Fuller up at Blackpool last year got some got some stick. He didn't respond well to. Um, yeah. And it's I, I don't want to sound awful, but you know, it's to me the long trips are when I do the own games and. It's, it's felt like I've been going through the motions over yeah. the last couple of years and it's felt like I've been doing it out of duty. And yeah. for the first time in a little while, I'm enjoying it again. Um, I enjoyed Crew, I enjoyed Rochdale at the weekend and I enjoyed Wigan on the, on Tuesday night. So hopefully that's not just me feeling that, that's a feel-good factor coming back around the club and we can build on it. I think you're right. Um, I think you're right. I think there was a general vibe on Saturday... Um, the, the away games I've been to, I, I didn't do Wigan, obviously, but the ones I've been to, I agree with you, John. It, it is there's a sense that the there's something coming back after a long, long, you know, biblical spell of barrenness. We're starting to get the old the old sense back again, aren't we? Well, what I'm hoping, Nick, I, that with that, there's a degree of realism. Um, I don't think we'll go straight back up this no, season. No, I agree. If with it that. goes well, we might get to the playoffs, and who knows, we could sneak up that way, but. From a position where we're looking at 
11 players we despise on the pitch, um, we're now in a position where we can start to isolate one or two. Yeah. Like the conversation about Gregory, who maybe aren't as strong as they might be and could be replaced. Um, Upson's another one who springs to mind. I'm not particularly a fan. No. But to be in a position where you're looking at fine-tuning a side rather than chucking the old thing out is... It's got to be a step forward in oh, it's itself. Oh, a massive step forward, yeah. This I mean, is a season of solidification and, and we'll see where we are next season as well. I mean, it's fantastic to see Carlos Edwards come back. I think he's made a huge difference, John. And I, you know, I've got a massive amount of time for him. He's, he's nearly as old as me. So, you know, any any man that can make a comeback from the injury he sustained, especially at that age, it's a it's a story in itself. But we, we, we do have to acknowledge he's 36 years old, 37, is it? I, I don't know. And um, we're going to enjoy him this season, but I'm not sure, you know, we can't, we, we need to start to think about the word you use there is a good word, fine-tuning that squad. There's there's guys that maybe need to be moved on and replacements brought in for some. Yeah, absolutely. And, and on Carlos Edwards, I do remember we met up at the Huddersfield game last season. We did, Which yeah. was just after he had, he had done the damage. Yeah. And we said to one another, we very much doubt he'll play football again, such as his, his age yeah. um, and the seriousness of the injury. And it is an absolute delight to see him out there because his enthusiasm really is infectious. It gets the support going. It seems to get the players going around him. And um, what, what a quality turn he is as well, John. I mean, he, you know, He's a class footballer and he's, he also seems to be a really good character. Yeah. Um, one of those players, and we've had a few over the years, that if we could have had five years ago, yeah. you know, such a if we had had him in... A little more of his prime. What a club legend he could have been. So, yeah, um, totally, totally. Uh, it's great to see him back. The other player that we're talking about this week is John Marquis, who was on the bench and hasn't didn't show on the uh, Tuesday night. Um, he's talking about being moved on to Leighton Orient on on loan. Um, a player I feel for in many respects. John, he's never had the quality for me to really make a go of a career at Millwall anyway, and. I think a move is probably a logical, you know, a lone move is probably a logical uh, step for him, don't you think? Probably a logical conclusion to his Millwall career, isn't it? It's um, yeah. He's another one of these, much like we just spoke about. Gregory needs to accept the fact that he's probably going to be third or fourth, third or fourth choice here. Yeah. Um, when he comes in, he needs to make an impact, and I think certainly in his loan spells that I've seen, the only one who's really made an impact is Gillingham, where he had a run of games safe in the knowledge that he was going to be first choice. Um, yeah. I'm not sure he's got the right capabilities to come in and make an impression straight away sort of thing. He, he might be one who grows into it the more games he plays consistently. Um, he's, he's shown us nothing this season I mean, on, the, on the odd flashes he's had and I do accept he hasn't had a run in the side but it's probably a reason why he's not had a run in the side, John. And, you know, in the end, it's like the league table doesn't lie. I think football doesn't lie in, in a sense. You, you you get the chances because of the promise that you show. And I just don't think the boy's got the... You know, you, you're contrasting with Aidan O'Brien, who does have the X factor for me. And then John Marquis, it's a, it's, a, it's a pale comparison, isn't it? It is. Um, good luck to the fella. Good luck to him. In the same, in no, the same respect, he's yeah. certainly not a wage thief by any means as he's... No, and he does for the contract, and I think he's a, he's sort of arsed all his head, hasn't it, by taking this extra year with us. Yeah, and I think um, I think that has to be acknowledged. He's he's a Millwall fan. He's come back to his club. It hasn't worked, and I think everyone should do what you just done there, wishing well. I don't think there should be any malice on any part for for, for John wishing well, you know, at uh, at Orient. So Neil Harris's glass was half full at the end of the night, and it sounds like your glass was half full too, John, at the end of yeah, Tuesday absolutely. Night. 
it's one of them that's been sneaking up on us, isn't it? We we won that first game of the season and then we've gone through a difficult run. And it's I know it's odd to say when we've only won one at home all season and we're on this I mean, I've not seen us win up, you know, before the weekend. Yeah. I've not seen yeah. us win over a year um, at home. So it's ridiculous to say like that, but at the same time we're accumulating points now. We're tidally mid table. Yep. Um it doesn't look like we'll be flirting relegation at which it did look like three or four weeks ago. Yeah. Um, and slowly but surely, we just things are starting to gradually improve. So uh, I mean, long may that continue. Very much. A flirtation with the playoffs would be something to uh, something to dream about, perhaps, I think, this season. But um, I think we've got enough in us to at least have a, have a half shot at it. And that's that's a massive step forward from where we've been. John, that's, that's fantastic, mate. Thank you for, for reporting on that uh, that game on Tuesday night. Pleasure, Nick. Speak to you soon. All the best, mate. Take care. Achtung, Mehlball. So Milton White and the unlucky to concede that late equaliser, but we're going to have a fantastic win. And we have pulled it off up there. But as it is, we, we can wave a point, which we probably will settle for pre-game. Another big opportunity here today, the Peterborough. The Bosch, four places below to the table, 15th. They've had an indifferent season so far. They've won three, drawn two, lost five. Here's the, here's the key story line for today, though, listeners. They've scored 16 and they've conceded 16. They've scored and they concede big. Let's hope we're at them, that we can keep them out and score big against them today. Come the Lions. And watch out for today is one Marcus Madison. Five goals for Peterborough so far this season. Huge turnout. Fired up turnout. You can hear it, listeners. Lions wearing an all-white strip today. I like that all-white strip. I don't know if that was our first choice, personally speaking. All-white with the dark blue stripe up in the left-hand side. Dark blue and white socks. Peter in a royal blue uh, Chelsea style look, really, I suppose. And the German dressed in top hat and tails just leaving the pitch. I suppose he's the posh, isn't he? With a young lady also in a top hat. And he came. And he says, raising his hat to the crowd. Raising his hat to the crowd. So it's going to be more kick us off, listeners. Attacking the, uh, the Peterborough, which is a kind of a cow shed again, not a cow shed, it's a, an odd looking ground. Uh, a stadium in transition, I call it, on one of my tweets. Spanking brand new stand opposite, quite a nice double double decker stand opposite. Um, another new stand at the, uh, to our my left. The home end is an old school terrace with a cow shed, cow cow shed roof. There we go, we're away. And uh, the away fans are in a, well, ancient, ancient side stand. We've got a decent view of the pitch, though. That's really all that counts. This is the stadium of half of the character, the half in construction. There's Fred on the right-hand side, just inside of Peter. But half against Bungle, though, that's going to be a free kick for Millwall. There is Sean Williams to take it. Right-hand side, just inside the pit of the half. One half minutes gone. Hunted in towards the, uh, the figure of Mark Beavers who jumps way too early. That's going nowhere. Jimmy bundled over in the centre circle. Got a early clatters for the Lions on the break there. He doesn't look very well, Jimmy. He's driving around on the floor at the moment. That don't look good. Let's hope he's okay. Seems all right. Holds his shoulder. Maybe he's done something to his shoulder. Obviously, the fuse has dislocated his shoulder, but he's standing up at the moment. So um, let's keep our fingers crossed for Jimmy to do that. He's coming, he's holding his shoulders, shoulders looking quite limp on the side of him. I don't think he's going to be taking part in today's game. It's going to be an early substitution for the Lions. Early blow with Abdul's out, three minutes gone. 
It'll be Ben Thompson that comes in the game, listeners. Earlier place with the Jimmy Abdu, Ben Thompson. Here's Upson, just outside the penalty area. He finds O'Brien, neatly enough, just on the edge of the penalty area, across the bar. It's goal! Scuff shot from Morris, I thought going in the net. First opportunity for Peterborough, he got a free kick on the left-hand side of the middle penalty area, on the half, uh, the uh, touchline. Nine minutes on the clock, so then they chance them to cross the ball into the middle penalty area, see what they can do. Seven swings it into the danger area, it's headed not far over, not far over, and they got a drum. The drummer's in the house, listeners. Eleven minutes gone, the line's looking bright going forwards. No real danger yet from Peterborough, though um, that was a near, well, I suppose no real danger. They had to get over the man over the bar, so there was real danger, wasn't there, listeners? Ignore me. Take no notice of me. All I am is just an amateur round podcaster. Peter was starting to pass the ball around a little bit there. Nice challenge by Bowen. They got a fucking ball! Free kick given them, got a fucking ball! Mug of a referee. We do get them, don't we, listeners? That's going to be a free kick to Peterborough. Probably on the left side of the uh, mill penalty area, about 25 yards out. Here he goes, Madison thinks it in, straight into the racing arms. It's the Jordan Archer Esquire. No danger. Peterborough just coming into it in the last few minutes. 13 gone at the moment. Starting to look a little bit more dangerous coming forwards. Referee has the pernickety air of a man used to running a public car park. As he paces out those 10 metres, yards, whoever it is, for the free kick. So it's going to be on the right-hand side of the middle It's put in low, straight into the wall. We'll find a seven on the edge of the penalty area. What's he going to do? Shoot. He's at the post. Back on goal. It's a goal. Headed in from close. One nil Peter by. 24 player, dangerous game. Comes straight over the middle of support and give it some eyeballs. Ag, Ag B, 24. Mark that name, listeners. Three kick coming. Hit the post. Headed home from close range. One nil to Peter by. 17 minutes gone, that goal slightly knocked the uh, lines out there, stride, huge amount of attention being focused on the goal scorer and goal, who seems to think he can take on the Mills support in terms of the mental battle, so we shall see over the course of the game. Mills just need to have their midfield game at the moment, they've lost down that one, there's a seven shot, a goal, 2-0, good distance, 2-0 Peterborough, good goal, this dude just outside the penalty area, top left hand side of the goal, Peterborough 2-0. Midfield is losing the battle at the moment, listeners. The loss of that do has been a big blow early on for us. 18 minutes gone, we're two goals down now. Peterborough back on the attack again. 21st minute of the game, the shot on target. Jordan Archer takes it quite nearly. Cover halfway through the half now. 21 minutes, coming up for 22 minutes. Mill two goals behind. Um, started brightly. Once the first goal went in, we lost, completely lost our strike and go two now down. Seems a little harsh, but there we are. That's football for you, listeners, isn't it? So just missing play there, listeners. I'm looking at the wanker in the crowd. It's Fred over on the right-hand side. Goalkeepers, referee holds pipes, the goalkeeper's down. Jesus Christ. So a bit of an extensive play there, listeners, whilst the goalkeeper's been replaced with a soft issue for Peterborough. The referee starts with a drop ball even in middleweight possession when the goalkeepers are judged to have gone down. There we are. This is what we're dealing with. We'll win the throwing from it. 30th minute of the game, 2-0 down. Apart from that little spell, just after the loss of Jimmy, and we went to conceded two goals, not look too bad in this game. No consolation as that sounds. A nice interchange there with uh, Norris and Fred. Here's Fred coming down the right hand side. Attacking the 32. Pulling across the box. Just put wide. 
33 minutes. Swung in there by Sean Williams. Near post. He's bobbing around. The goalkeeper don't look so confident as the first point. It was out there for them. Raiden O'Brien on the attack now. Over on the right-hand side. He's got his man in front of him. 24. Our nemesis today. Angle. Can't get past him. We keep possession. On the halfway line is Byron. Back inside the middle half now. Looking Byron. He ships it forward. Trying to find Fred Besser. Very disappointing pass. 35 minutes looms. There is still something in this game for us if we can keep our heads and pass the ball out. We need to have a little bit of quality on those passes. 37 minutes, 38 minutes lose. We're pressing off in the last few minutes, but no clear-cut chances, listeners. No clear-cut chances. Nice work by Ed Upson. Flamboyant work, actually. On a central uh, dribble, he finds Morrison wide right. Just outside the Peterborough penalty area. Morrison's not going to win his A game today, listeners. He's been beaten a couple of times by the defence. Needs to buck his ideas up in that second half, methinks. I went all medieval there. I don't know why I went medieval. Uh, just methinks. Where did that come from? It came out of Chaucer. Morrison gets clattered and we win a free kick. Just on the right-hand side for we one minutes. Shot on goal from distance. About a yard wide from the Peterborough 11. That was close to the level on nights to think. We've got 3-0 down. I think we've had it in this game. As it is 2-0, we're still in touch. That was about a yard wide of the, of the left-hand side of the Millwall post. 43rd minute of the game. Overall, very disappointing from Millwall in his first half. I mean, to lose their boot obviously is a blow. But it really seemed to knock us out of our stride. And we've gone and conceded twice in short order after the loss of Jimmy. Since then, we've, we've kind of calmed down. But we're chasing the game now, two goals behind. Uh, we haven't really created an awful lot of open, open chances. Peter haven't looked any great shakes. But they do look dangerous on the break. Last few seconds of the first half, a very disappointing half from the middle perspective. Edwards is on the attack as these moments will close out. Can he get a crossing? It goes out of play. The referee will take the chance to call it quits. He's about to now. 2-0, half time. Peter put 2-0-0. As we said, extremely disappointing. We've been largely pushed around at times in their first half. Must try harder, must do better in the second half. Work to be done by the middle management in terms of winning the midfield battle. And it got to be said, the front two have been largely disappointing. Aidan O'Brien, Steve Morrison haven't really done much at all for me in that first half. So there we have it. We should be back very, very shortly. Achtung. Well, there's a surreal turn of events for you listeners. We've got the uh, local social services department on the pitch at the moment with the pochettes who look severely underage from where I'm sitting. And now they're gonna, they were doing a dance routine that would have um, wouldn't have been out of place in the Amsterdam Banana Club. And now they're taking on some kind of football dribbling competition with a skip. A skip defended by Bunny with underage scantily clad dancers you make of it what you will listeners got a few half time tweets here for you listeners Glenn this is Millwall says we're the better team but we look afraid to shoot up front Morrison is useless again he says test the, goal, go, test the goalkeeper and we can do this I think you're right Glenn certainly Morrison very disappointing that first half as indeed has been Aidan O'Brien but test out that goalkeeper he does look dodgy the half-time entertainment this ground is something else, listeners, who have now gone from underage go-go dancers to uh, kind of costume builders in yellow hard hats shooting giant footballs into the goal. Well, the bunny, a bunny's defending the, the goal. It's, um, I think they're all on drugs. They've taken some kind of LSD substance in this town. It's very, very odd, very bizarre. 
But it actually is happening. Well, it's happening while we're two goals down. Lions Live Radio says that the uh, giant builders look as dangerous as we have in front of gold in that first half. I'll make them right, Lions Live Radio. Here come the Lions for the second half. No obvious substitutions at half time. But we do need a substitution of effort, that's for sure. We look very under par for the bulk of that first half for me. And we're losing the midfield battle, so we need to start winning that and maybe getting in testing that goalkeeper, as has been suggested by this is Millwall. Achtung, 48-13 is predicting an 8-2 win for Millwall. Keep the faith, stronger together, he says. We're going to come back, we're going to win it eight goals to two, he reckons. He's been on the same stuff as whoever's organised half-time entertainment's been on. Peter will kick us off the second half, listeners. Two goals to the goods. Now attacking the white heat of their home end, and that drum is threatening, menacing away in the distance. Like the, the Cherokee, the Cherokee nations on the rise, their drums, their war drums. Nice work by Sean Williams there, wins the ball mill in midfield. It's Fred over on the right-hand side inside the first minute of the second half. Fred does his little disco dance, high-stepping. Cuts it back to Carlos Edwards, a chance for a cross into the mix, headed up and away by Peter Brown, gone, cleared well. Fred's on amazing run, gets battered behind by the 24, today's villain of the piece, 24, no booking for that, he goes, he goes ankles clipped as he went past his man now, so it's going to be a mill free kick central, just on the edge of the, the centre circle, 47 minutes on the clock. So Sean Williams thinks it forward, he's aiming for Beavers in the box, where Beavers wins, all falls inside the box, it's going to go for a corner, but on the attack, get the crowd something to cheer about, get behind the Lions, good start for the half, little searching, trying to unpick this defence, you get a sense if one goal goes in listeners, that this game could really take off, but at the moment we're still two behind, 50 minutes coming up. Mill started the half much brighter, pressing forwards a lot more, with a lot more purpose than we did in the whole of the first half. Fred takes on his man down the right side again, wins the corner, 51 minutes. We're looking a lot more purposeful as this second half starts. Williams flows it again into the middle. Oh, that's a goal! Oh, Attack seven from the edge of the penalty area. Going to concede here. Shout for penalty. Waved away by the referee. Thankfully, he's not such a bad bloke after all. Here's Upson coming down the left hand side. He gets flattered. Free kick Millwall. Just inside the, the uh, middle half on the halfway line. Webster's gone further forward. To find the high in the middle. Long ball four from Tony Craig. Webster's in there pushing himself into the mix. That's good to see. Use his physique. Concedes a free kick, but it's great to see Byron Webster getting forward and using his physical size. That's what we want to see from the man. Getting in amongst there. Got one goal already. He could get another one with that kind of ball. As we said before the game, people score goals when they concede them. Is it up to a fantastic run down the sunny fights Fred on the right hand side? What can Fred do? Got there in front of him, can't find space. He's still in there. Fred fighting for the ball. Still bobbing around. Free kick conceded. Unlucky on Fred. 54 minutes, Lawrence. 
It's been all Millwall this second half, listeners. All Millwall. Fred cuts it back. Is there another cross into the middle? stuff at the moment. This is a harsh arena, Mill, but Jesus Christ, if you get it right, listen to the support that goes on for you. What player wouldn't dream of it? Upson's hobbling out of the game. On the 60th minute, I think he'll probably take a moment to see if he's, if he's gone completely from the game. Looks like he is. going to be a substitution, I think. That's a shame he's been really getting involved. In comes Shane Ferguson. I think that's... Um, Jack Collison, Jack Collison, I think, at West Ham, warming up for Peterborough at the moment. Peterborough's just on the attack at the moment. Number two's got it on the right-hand side of Mill Pilsier. Central now with the 33. A lot of passing around, a lot of Mill absorbing pressure at the moment, as we've seen in recent games. The 24 he looks like a dangerous man, much as we don't like him. They've still got the ball. Been about for a couple of minutes now, passing around the Mill defence. The 11 plays it forwards, it's bobbling around, a bit of space, 3-2, opportunity knocks, it's uh, bobbling around outside the middle pool, 10 3, three. bangs it home, just inside the uh, penny area line, 3-2. We've got another game to chase again now, listeners, 3-2 down, that was a slightly sloppy goal to concede. Oh, error by Webster, after all that praise, error by Webster should seal it there, 4-2. Breaker defence error by Webster after a huge amount of good work. Gives the uh, Peterborough winger the chance to make it 4 2 down the left hand side. 4 2. <coughs> 72 minutes gone. There we are. Mistakes cost you. Mistakes cost you. All corner, 73rd minute. It's going to be Sean Williams that takes. Gutting to be 4 2 down now. There's. Peterborough 4-0-3 Peterborough 
17 minutes to go. What a game. Straight forward corner into the box. Beavers rises above their defence and look close to that aerial ball. And he heads it home from close range. 4 3. Will make a substitution. Lee Gregory is coming into the game. Ben Thompson's coming out. Looks like it'll be 4 3 3. I feel punch drunk to be honest with you. I think most of the crowd feel a bit punch drunk at the moment. Still 4 3 down. So the goal behind. But no one can say there's not more goals left than this. One, one at one end or the other. Which one will it be? Gregory's trying to get in amongst it there. Beautiful victory for Steve Burrison. Made by Brian. Left hand side of the box. Chips it across. No one in the middle. Fred's chasing it down. Fred wins it back on the far side. Takes his man on. He's into the penalty area. Fred goes flying. A little theatrically for the penalty, I think. No matter how desperate the please. O'Brien wins as well. Finds Shane Ferguson inside the box. It's Gregory flashes his chance. Ferguson won some space, gave the lead Gregory, <clears throat> tried to glide it into the net, but over the bar. Opportunity wasted there. 5-3. I think mean, that is game over, listeners now. Shot from the left-hand side of the uh, middle penalty area from the Peterborough 7. Well taken goal, plenty of space given to him, that makes it five goals to three now. Nine minutes to go. I think that's going to be a lot for today, listeners, sadly to say. Millstone look a little bit tired for the first time. We've got seven minutes, 83rd minute of the game to go. What can we say about this performance? It's, I suppose if you were a neutral, you'd say it was entertainment. Um, I've got to say it feels like three points lost here today because I think we really were good enough to have um, pressed on at two each and won it. But as it is, defensive errors have cost us, cost us on... Uh, well, there was one strike, even quality strike, I remember. Um, people on the attack again as I'm talking. 33 just from outside the middle penalty area shoots from distance is blocked by Sonny Clay um, but yeah the, I'd say it's four of the five goals considered in down to more defensive errors and um, we're scoring goals but we're conceding them more at the moment Mill fans starting to file for the exits now we're talking about six minutes to go um, can't say I'd blame them uh, I would have said there were goals still left there but there's that seem to be a slightly fat feeling like both sides are now accepting this game pretty much over it should be a little bit of injury time, so, but two goals behind is probably a little bit too much to ask out of this middle side at this late juncture. I just use the word juncture in everyday conversation. Mark and me. Long ball for Gregory, the goalkeeper got into the mix there. Gregory's gone down. Goalkeeper's gone down. Both trainers coming into the game. Good applause for Lee Green for getting amongst it. Eight minutes of extra time. Oh, plenty of time to be had here, listeners. Middle to their credit, still pressing forwards late into the game. We've only got two minutes left of extra time. Fred wins a corner. Late, 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 late corner. So it's going to be uh, Ferguson that takes the corner near post ball. Ball's bubbling around, blocks on the line. Is Williams going to get a shot in? Is it the crossbar? Is it the crossbar? <laughs> what can you say about that? Opportunity is the crossbar. Unlucky Millwall. Here comes um, Peter on the break. The 24 is on the edge of the penalty area. Got it back again. This should be six. Brilliant save. Brilliant save by Jordan Archer. His foot. Kicks him out. Sees the corner. Well, this Mill team deserves a round of applause today for sheer fucking effort, listeners. No one has only been shortchanged. Yes, there's been errors and mistakes, but we're kind of expecting that at the moment. But certainly we've given a full goal, we've gone forward, there's been some good performances, I've liked Byron Webster today, 
Jordan Archer and goal has done his usual usual bit. Um, Fred, for me, has been outstanding on the right-hand side. Um, early loss, obviously, with Jimmy Abdu. That was a big critical blow to us, I think. And we never really recovered. We two goals down as a consequence. But overall, sloppy, sloppy errors to concede the goals. It's the eight from distance. He's gone over the bar. Um, so you've got to pin down this performance to sloppiness, I suppose. But it's actually been quite an entertaining match and a strong Millwall showing. Haven't let our heads drop. I mean, let's put it this way. I don't think the Millwall side can come off the pitch thinking they've left anything on it. Let's, let's put it that way. Which is, in the end, in the end is all you can ask out of a Millwall team, in my honest opinion. There is full time. Paper 5 Millwall 3. Honest, honest Mill show, good applause from the crowd. They gave it everything, gave it a good go. That's all we ask. Well done to that Mill side. Much to think about in terms of errors and defensive um, mistakes. But in terms of sheer honesty of performance and not, not letting heads drop when um, going behind, I don't think you can fold them. There is closing score from. Apex Stadium, Peter Five Mill Free. Achtung, Mailball. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At Bluenile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at Burrow.com slash ACAST. That's Burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hi, this is uh, Steve Sands here, Millwall Stockham correspondent. Just back in the car in North on the A1. Um... Don't know what to make about today's game, really. Disappointed um, is the main thing. We scored three goals. Um, that would usually mean you win or they absolutely draw a game. Um, but we've come away with nothing. Um, I've got my doubts about their first goal. I feel that Archer was probably impeded by the player that stood near him and he should have been given his offside. Uh, fair play to them for the second goal. Absolute wonder goal. That'll be in their top five all season. Um, and ultimately, I think that done did us. Um, great fight back by Millwall. Um, really doing well. But then the hitters on the break in the end to make it 5-3. And it was uh, pretty much game over, although we did at the bar. So uh, 
great spirit from the Millwall side. Um, just left with a feeling of disappointment, really. Thank you. So there we are, listeners, dear listeners, a Sunday morning nightmare once again, or is it a nightmare after quite an extraordinary game there yesterday at the London Road Stadium, the ABAC Stadium as it's known. Um, certainly one of the most remarkable scorelines that we're going to be involved in in recent years. To lose any game after scoring three times is... Um, Unforgivable, I suppose, in some respects, but it was an end to an end to end entertaining game, and it's it's hard not to come away with a sense of disappointment. But equally, it was quite an enthralling game at times. So I'm just looking through some of the online comments and some some of the online reviews post match. Potter's wheelchair makes the point, and a very good point too, on the House of Fun, that the um, replacement goalkeeper for Peterborough was a 17-year-old goalkeeper making his debut, and that Steve Morrison should be bashing him up. Um, yes, indeed, he did look dodgy, Potter's, um, when the ball was popped into the air. Especially the first goalkeeper was quite strong, I felt, but the replacement certainly looked quite nervy, quite jumpy. And it's, it's quite telling that um, we started scoring once um, once he was in, into the into the proceedings. A seventeen-year-old, yeah, maybe we should have done better. That's that's for sure. The Southern Monkey, also on the House of Fun, is not displeased. Um, he's obviously never happy to lose a game, but we lost two important players, and I think that's a good point to make, Monkey. Um, the loss of Abdu very early on took away um, a quite a critical player. Jimmy's performances in recent matches has been quite revelatory, and um, we lost him early on. Also, to be fair to Ed Upson, again, a player that I have not um, been that enamoured of myself of late, but he was looking good today. And then when he went out of the game, which I think was in the kind of mid part of the second half, uh, it was a real loss, real loss. So you're right, we, we did lose two fairly important first-team players, two of the older heads. You know, we, we were relatively inexperienced, that's the point you make. The defence is the issue. Defensive frailties are an issue, says the Southern Monkey, but we're still a work in progress and those are areas that can be addressed. Robbie Ryan's number one fan says conceding five goals is very poor, but actually we've been pretty good defensively. Neil Harris is no mug, and we'll look at how the mistakes happened, and we'll look to change that. I would say the later goals came from us going gung-ho, pressing forwards, and at least when we did, we created lots of chances and nearly came back into the game a second time. Yeah, we did press forward gung-ho rather, Robbie. Um, and having got back to two each, I was quite disappointed that we finished up on the losing end of the deal. Paris is no mug. A man who won't agree with that, incidentally, from Twitter, 
is a chap calls himself James Woods. Well, don't call himself James Woods. I get a sense that's that's his name. So you don't call yourself James Wood. That's probably your name. Um, but he, he constantly uh, copies me in on tweets, and I'm always interested because I always believe in listening to the opposite point of view. But um, James Wood is not enamoured of Neil Harris. In fact, he says get rid of Harris. He is clueless. What do you think of that, listeners? Is Neil Harris no mug, as Robbie Ryan's number one fan says on the House of Fun? Or is James here correct? Is he clueless? Your call. I, I, I don't think he's clueless, James. I've got to be quite honest with you, mate. He's also a manager learning his trade, and um, like a few of our players... We're trying to um, we're trying to pull it together. We are a work in progress, and that goes on the playing staff, and indeed on the management for me at least. Anyway, David Harry Webb on Twitter says Upson was phenomenal today. Uh, Ed Upson was phenomenal today, and I don't rate him. I don't know where that performance came from, says David, but I'll take more. Indeed so. He did look quite good, David. I think um, Upson saw himself having to step up to the plate somewhat once Jimmy went out of the game, and he did um, He did look good. If he can do that more regularly, more often, well, you know, maybe opinions will be revised about Edward Upson. Speaking to the news at Den after the game today, Neil Harris, Millwall manager, was asked whether the game was too entertaining. An odd, in, uh, odd question, perhaps, too entertaining. To which Neil replied, yes, from my point of view, yes. For our beliefs and our style of play, it was too entertaining. I can't fault the boys for their effort, their flair and their improvisation and their quality at times. Our desire to score goals was top draw. Um, what I'm really disappointed with and will fault the boys with is defending for the goals. Yeah, I mean, of course, of course, the defence was, um, was was at fault today. You can't concede five goals and not say that we had defensive issues. That said, I, I do want to pick out Byron Webster, though. I thought really um, did turn his game around, particularly in that early part of the second half. Um, he's, he's been an easy target. I've, I've taken the opportunity to have a pop at him, have a dig, and um, he's responded. And I thought he looked quite strong and convincing, especially going forwards, especially at points in the defence. Though it has to be said, he made the error, um, which was gave the uh, the fourth goal away, I believe. Uh, the chap called Wallplug on the House of Fun summed it up very nicely for me today. And I'm going to give a bit of coverage to this post because I think it's very fairly put and very fairly balanced. Um, he says it was a mental game, the sort you get now and again, not helped by three major factors. That's Jimmy Abdu getting injured, Upson getting injured, and the 12th man, who obviously is the referee, the, the man in black as he calls him, was determined to give the posh a free kick at every opportunity. It was fantastic entertainment, says Wallplug, but you know the score. They took us with a break away and a tap in. Williams went over just from distance and then hit the bar late on. It wasn't our day in that sense. As he says, it's a funny old game, highly entertaining. It was entertaining and it was very hard to walk away from today's loss. It was a loss, but feeling particularly low or flat because we'd seen something quite magnificent and quite extraordinary. Um, the boys gave 100% for the shirt, which they did, and they got warmly applauded off the pitch. He can take a loss like that, says Wallplug. It was one of those crazy days that could just as easily have been 5-3 to us. And yes, and that's the bitter pill. It was 5-3 to them and not 5-3 to us today. But there we are. That's That's football.
And finally, Lord Kitchener says we, we, we deserve the point from Pickidge's point of view. Uh, they were a bit more clinical in front of goal. They were. I mean, their second goal was a quality strike from distance. Uh, by the time you're hearing this, you probably would have seen the clips on YouTube with the highlights. It was a, a very, very well-struck goal. And yes, they were, um, Lord K, they were more clinical in front of goal. Um, but as, as, the, as the man rightly puts it, you can't fault any of our players for efforts. He also acknowledges Webster, um, and a lot of idiots, as he puts it, will only focus on the on the error. But he did do a lot of good, um, Byron Webster, and that's to be applauded. I also want to pick out Fred going down the right-hand side. I think Fred did very, very well. Uh, and then, in fairness, so did Jordan Argym. Uh Despite conceding five times and picking the ball out of his net five times, but he did keep Mill in it at points. Lord Kay makes a good point that O'Brien and, well, Morrison uh, improved in the second half, but O'Brien didn't have his best game, and Fred did well in fits and starts. As he, as he puts it, well, the attacking threat was not that great. And Lord Kitchener hits the nail right on the head, as he was driving home and his, his car was talking to each other and said, this is where we are at with this side. We'll win one week, we'll lose the next... And we have to accept defeats like this on the chin because we've also had some good results in recent months. And we gave everything, and that's not been apparent in recent years. We have not given everything. But mark my words, listeners, today, or yesterday, um, but yesterday we gave our all, and that is all that we can give. And we will ask no more of that team. So fair play to the Mills side today. Onwards, we have um, a break next weekend. Uh, mate, there'll be no show next weekend. I'm going to take a little um, break. There's no game, so no show. And Achtung Millwall will return on October the 17th for the visit of Swindon Town to the Den. And I will be seeing you then, I hope. So that's me, Nick Hart, signing off. Achtung Millwall on a day that we lost 5-3. Scored three times, but lost 5-3. Arrivederci, Millwall. You've been listening to Octoon Millwall, the CBL Magazine podcast. That's the Millwall News this week, and we are out of here. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.